welcome to the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dalquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way. We should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Good morning, everybody. It's Jessica, and I'm so excited to bring to you today's episode with Lauren Barrett. Lauren is a multi-passionate mom who is a teacher of students who are deaf and hard of hearing. She also coaches cross-country. She's a blogger and a mindful, positive parenting coach, and she has also written a book called Henry's Hiccups, talking about inclusivity with children with differences in the form of a children's book, which is so, so fantastic. Henry's Hiccups is also illustrated by two of her students, which I think is so amazing. She's also a mom of one, and we just have a great conversation about why ASL is so important and why understanding and and learning more about people with differences can really help us to expand our worldview and to help people feel more included in the world, especially when they are in a minority group, like people in the deaf and hard of hearing community. I'm so grateful for Lauren and the hard work she puts in in our school systems and helping kids of all different types of learning needs. So let's get to my conversation with Lauren Barrett. All right, I'm so excited to be chatting with Lauren Barrett today. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me today. My pleasure. Where am I speaking to you from? I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. I love Raleigh, North Carolina. We lived in Chesapeake, Virginia for a few uh-huh. years, and so that was an easy drive down there, and we just love the area so, so much. Are you from there? No, but I've been here 11 years now. I'm from Wheeling, West Virginia. Okay, So I moved down here after college. Yeah, that's so awesome. That's great. Yeah. And mm-hmm. how many kids do you have? I have one. Mm-hmm. His name is Henry. He's three years old. Cute. And what's Henry doing that's just darling? And what's Henry doing that's totally giving you a run for your money at three years old? I'll start with the run for my money. <laughs> well, okay. Well, first today we decided I'm on summer break because I'm a teacher. So we decided to ride the city bus because he loves trains, cars, transportation, all that. So he was so cute on the bus, um, having a great time. So we rode the bus into the city, and we went to the library. Um, that was fun. And then it's just, you know, having to use the bathroom. Like, yes. It's time to use the bathroom. No, I'm not using the bathroom. <laughs> just like a meltdown about that. <laughs> right. And you're like, I don't want to do this with you any more than you want to do this. Trust <laughs> yeah, I mean, me. You know he has to go because he's doing the potty dance. Yeah. And... <laughs> uh, but he like just doesn't want to go. He only wants to go on his terms. <laughs> yes. Isn't it funny how the same event can have such a positive feel? Like, look at us riding our city bus and and then there's that. So so all wrapped in one beautiful package is the high and the low of motherhood, right? Yes. <laughs> exactly. I love it. I love it. Well, for people that don't know you, Lauren, will you give a little background on yourself and your family? Yeah, sure. So I like to kind of label myself as a multi-passionate mom because I have so many interests. Um, like I said, I'm a mom to a three-year-old. I am a teacher of the deaf and hard of hearing. I'm a cross-country coach, and I am a writer and a blogger. Um, so I have all these different interests that I love to, you know, do. Um, let's see. I 
like I said, I moved down to Raleigh 11 years ago after college. I just kind of packed up with some friends and we're kind of like, where should we go? And we decided on Raleigh. Um, and then in here in Raleigh is where I met my husband. We got married in 2015 and we had Henry in 2019. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so a teacher of the deaf and hard of hearing, how did you get into that? Was that always an interest of yours? So that interest started in the sixth grade, mm. and I'm from a small town in West Virginia, not a lot of people there, but um, we had a family move into the area. Um, the two boys went to my school, and their mom was deaf, mm. and she was pretty much the only deaf person in almost the whole city, and my mom wanted to learn how to communicate with her, so she said she was going to go take classes, and I decided to tag along. And as you know, it's much easier for a younger person to pick up a new language yes. than it is for an adult. So I picked it up really quickly. Um, my mom struggled a little bit. Um, so I was the one that actually ended up learning the sign language and was able to communicate with this lady. And we had it kind of struck up a friendship. And then I was like, oh, I knew I always wanted to teach. And then I thought, oh, well, I can combine my love for sign language and my love for teaching. So mm -hmm. I continued to take classes all throughout high school. Um, and yeah, then I just went into college and majored in deaf education. Hey everyone, I want to thank a show sponsor. And today I'm going to talk to you about reading. If you're like me, you have some books you want to get through this summer. And during the school year, it feels like time gets sucked up, but maybe you have a little more luxury to read during the summer. And I want to recommend a great book called Heirlooms. In Heirlooms, author Sandra Bird intertwines the lives of four women across generations and explores the impact of secrets kept, love passed down, and the heirlooms inherited from a well-lived life. I love this because there's two friends that learn the depth of their grandmother's friendship and the sacrifices that they made and then how that impacts successive generations. It's such a cool, cool story. I love books with little twists and turns and Heirloom has that as well. And readers will also get a taste of how emotional the journey can be for immigrants seeking the American dream and how common life experiences can turn friends into family. I would love for you to add Heirlooms to your nightstand. Heirlooms is truly a testimony to the transformative power of family ties. And I think you're going to love this novel. You can pick up Heirlooms by Sandra Bird at your favorite retailer. All right, let's get back to my conversation with Lauren. And so growing up as you were getting that education for yourself, were you meeting other people that were deaf or hard of hearing or did it remain that, that one woman and, and are you so yeah. close to her today? Yeah. So I, um, in my journey with sign language, I met a lot of, um, interpreters. They were kind of teaching me the sign language and I just knew her. And mm -hmm. then until I got to college, I ran cross country and track in college and there was a deaf thrower on the team. Mm -hmm. So I was able to, communicate with him and then just through majoring in um, deaf education there was I met some other deaf people in, in college yeah mm -hmm. what would you say are the biggest misconceptions that people have about people in the hard of hearing or deaf community yeah so it's um, kind of a misconception that people have is that they can't do everything that uh, hearing people can mm. do but they actually can. The only thing they can't do is hear. They still have this language. They still have this culture. Um, and 
there's also a big misconception about if a deaf person is able to speak, a lot of people assume that they can also hear, <laughs> but that mm. this quality of the speech does not have to do with how much they can hear. Oh, um, so that's a, a lot of thing that I have to, in my teaching profession, is I have to caution my students, other teachers, like just because they're able to speak is does not, we cannot assume that they can always hear you clearly. So Interesting. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And there's also times when <laughs> I, you know, have to tell people, you know, just because you're speaking louder and exaggerating, <laughs> it doesn't mean that they can hear you. Right. Um, speak normally. Um, some of them can read lips, but you know, they don't, with lip reading, they can only pick up a very little percentage with lip reading. So I also have to caution them on that too. Yeah. That's so fascinating. Mm -hmm. I would imagine for a parent who has a child diagnosed with being hard of hearing or having any type of hearing impairment, that would be a very hard thing, especially if it's unexpected and nobody else Uh in their inner circle or even in their outer circle of their community. I mean, it is somewhat rare. I mean, I, maybe you can give me the percentages of, of people that, oh. that fall into this category. But And for your mom, she wanted oh. to, to befriend somebody, right? But when mm-hmm. it's in your immediate circle, it's like, if I'm going to communicate with my child and help them to communicate with the world, I need to gain this new skill. And so I would imagine there's a lot of trepidation that parents mm-hmm. have when they you know enter into that world. Yeah, so there's actually a statistic that 90% of deaf kids are born born to hearing parents, wow. but 88% of them do not learn how to sign. What? Um, yes. <laughs> no. That, yes. Um, and it's, you know, it's because a lot of these parents are not given resources, the information yeah. surrounding sign language. It's oftentimes, it's... Like, here's a cochlear implant, um, here's a hearing aid, but with these devices, they are great. They are great devices, but it doesn't make, they don't make the kid not deaf anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these are just a tool to help them hear, but it's not accessing, giving them access to language. Um, and so oftentimes the parents just do not know this information, <laughs> and that's why I really want to spread awareness about the importance of sign language. You can do both a cochlear implant and learn sign language too. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Whew. Yeah. That would be very, very tricky. And especially for people that don't have the resources and um, uh-huh. just, yeah, like you said, the information to know what's available and to know they can do this and to feel empowered to, uh-huh. to say like, I can gain this new skill. I can help my child. I can help myself as well. And that empowerment I'm sure is huge. What age do you teach Lauren? I teach high school. Okay. You do. Yes. That's, mm-hmm. that's amazing. And so by that point, obviously they've had years and years of, of instruction through um, sign language and, and things like that. Are they learning anything else besides sign language that is different from from typical children that are helping them to adapt in the community and to be successful, the thriving adults? Well, actually, sometimes they come to us not not knowing sign language. Oh, okay. Um, yes. Interesting. <laughs> so, okay. There you go. My yeah. misconception. <laughs> yep. I've had, um, I recently had a student. He came from Tanzania, um, came to America. He knew no language 
Um, so we actually started teaching him sign language and just, oh my goodness, this is such a success story. Just seeing him learn sign language and learning that he can communicate with somebody. Oh, he, the smile on his face. The relief. <laughs> just amazing. And then in that, those four to five years, he learned sign language and now he just graduated and he's getting a job. And that's, that was huge. Wow. That is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Can I just tell you one of my most favorite parts of seeing a musical in person is the interpreter <laughs> that I see. Yes. The dynamic uh-huh. nature of some of these individuals that are so passionate about communicating through ASL and mm-hmm. just enriching the experience of anybody that wants to come see live theater. Oh my gosh. It just... Mm-hmm. So good. So oh, good. Yeah. And I watch them sometimes the more than the stage. Concerts, if you see them at yes. concerts, oh, they're so good. <laughs> yes, they are so good. They are so good. Uh-huh. So have you um, done any interpreting outside of the classroom? Um, I had a friend that did it for medical uh, settings and things like that. Mm-hmm. Have you done it anywhere else? No, I haven't done any interpreting. That's okay. a, um, a whole, whole different, different like, certification and degree with interpreting. Um um, yeah, kind of a different ball game with that. Like with me, I'm giving them a direct instruction in sign language. Got it. With interpreting, you have to have like a whole this whole different practice and skill set, and and just taking what someone is saying in English and then translating it into a whole different language because ASL has its own grammar structure, hmm. um, its own syntax, and so yeah, it's a, a little bit different. But um, yeah, yeah, I give direct instruction to my students um, in sign language if they need it. I have some kids that do not use sign language. I have some kids that use cued speech. Um, What is that? So that is, it's pretty neat. It is, you use your hand and each hand shape um, connects to a sound. Um, So it's hard to describe. Yeah, right. A podcast, (laughs) right. But so like you say a word and the hand shape of a sound uh, the, the hand shape represents a sound in the word. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That is so yeah. fascinating. And so that's just an alternative. And, mm-hmm. and can they communicate any anything through using those those hand signs? Yeah, so the student I had that used cute speech, um, someone would cue to him but he would respond back with speech. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow, how complex. I wanted to jump in one more time and thank another show sponsor, and that is Crispy Green. Back in 2004, Crispy Green emerged on the snack scene with one goal, to offer a natural, delicious, healthy snacking option to consumers of all ages. And through strategic partnerships, Crispy Green has become the number one freeze-dried fruit brand in the country. Now, over the summer, my kids are going through a lot of food, a lot of snacks, and it is really hard to keep the junk away, to be honest. But Krispy Green is such an incredible option because crispy fruit snacks from Krispy Green are a great way to add fruit into our diet and our kids' diets when fresh fruit may not always be available. And it's so fantastic because these fruit snacks are 95% of all nutrients of fresh fruit and the snacks are 100% pure fruit, and they snap like a chip, so it's delicious, and there's no sugar added, plus there's a three-year, 36-month shelf life, and so if you want to add to your food storage, 
or just your, your backlog of, of snacks to have on hand, this is a great thing to have on hand for you and for the kids. They're crispy and delicious, and my favorite flavors are strawberry, and my kids love the apple. It's so delicious, there's something for everybody. Pure freeze-dried fruit, if you're a fan, this is your solution. So, do you want a deal? My listeners have a deal. If you go to shop.crispygreen.com and use code TNT15, you can get 15% off all of the products. That's TNT15 for 15% off all products when you go to shop.crispygreen.com. Give it a try and let me know your favorite flavor. I think another misconception, if I can just put it out there, is that maybe they have less intelligence because of the way that they communicate. Uh And from what you are telling me, that seems like a very far-fetched misconception (laughs) because that, I mean, just what you just said is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've had a student who, um, from Honduras, he knew, yeah, Spanish, Mm -hmm. Spanish sign language, uh, English. And American Sign Language. Wow. So, yeah. Trilingual. (laughs) He's trilingual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Well, I know that you are really passionate about getting the word out about the importance of sign language and learning sign language. And at Extraordinary Moms, we're also passionate about not only educating ourselves as moms, but also helping Mm -hmm. our kids to understand differences, to embrace children and others with differences and to be able to to be a friend to be an example to be an ally and ASL is something that can be something that can divide us and it can be something that we can learn about and appreciate this community even more when we know more about it so what what are the things that you want to get out what is, what is this message that you feel so strongly about yeah so sign language is not only beneficial for deaf kids is so beneficial for hearing kids too and I would love for all preschools elementary schools to start incorporating sign language into the classroom just because of the numerous benefits not only can you know hearing and deaf kids be able to connect but sign language improves behavior it improves spelling it improves motor skills it builds communication skills, it increases vocabulary, it has all these benefits Hmm. for babies and kids and even teenagers too. Yeah. Well, I would like all those things in my house. So that sounds, that sounds really good. Well, and I have a 15 month old whose primary Mm -hmm. mode of communication with me right now is sign language. You know, the the Mm -hmm. very, the very few syllables that he does make they can only vary so much to me. And so when he's able to tell me he wants, of course, you know, more is like a very typical mm-hmm. one. You teach babies yeah. are all done or yeah. things like that. It decreases his frustration so much when he has that tool. And, you know, mm-hmm. first when you're teaching them, it seems like it's not connecting. Cause it's like, how do you, yes. how do mm-hmm. you communicate what something means in, in isolation? Right. But mm-hmm. it's so cool to see them pick up on it. And the decrease in frustration that I've seen in him has been, really, really amazing. And my mm-hmm. sixth grade teacher as, um, like an enrichment, uh, activity taught us, um, the letters, the letter signs for ASL in sixth grade mm-hmm. and, and just a few basic signs. And I can't believe that I still remember it, you know, like mm-hmm. that's that muscle yeah. memory is still there. And so sometimes I'll do it and my kids will be like, wait, 
is that real? And I'm like, yeah. And like, how do you know how to do that? I'm like, well, it just sticks with yeah. you. And it's, and it's so cool. So for parents that are like, yeah, I would love my child to have, you know, this awareness and, and start building these skills. Where, where would you recommend us starting with our kids? Mm-hmm. So I recommend functional signs over fun signs. So okay. it might be fun to sit down with flashcards and, you know, sign the colors or all the animals. But I encourage parents to take a look at their day and their routine and pick some key words that they find themselves saying often, like mm-hmm. eat or, like you said, more, mm-hmm. sleep, bath, diaper. Pick those functional words and just start small. You don't have to be signing full sentences, mm-hmm. but sign those words in context while you are doing them. I, I like to you know, do the sign say what it is that I'm doing, and then do the signing. And there's many resources out there. Um, ASL Nook is a great place. Um, It is run by a deaf family. It's on a YouTube page. They have an Instagram page. And another book is um, Sign Me Up. That's a good book. And there's also Sign and Grow on Instagram. Hmm. Uh, she is a certified interpreter that teaches um, families about different signs. And she and I like her because she also teaches you about the deaf culture. So that's an important aspect, aspect of it, too. That's amazing. Yeah. I will ha- I'll will link to all these in the show notes. And yeah, that's that. so fantastic. And especially over the summer. I mean, just this morning, I'm talking to my seventh grader. Like, what are you going to do today? Like, how are we going to fill our time? And he's like, I don't know. There's too many hours. And like... <laughs> This would be a great way to fill his time and to try something new and explore and yeah, expand his mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's um, so this year I had a mixture of um, kids with learning disabilities and some of my hard of hearing students in the same class. Mm -hmm. And when I was teaching vocabulary, I would do the sign for the vocabulary word too, Hmm. and. I would see them when we were like quizzing, going back to quiz and what these words mean. They would do the sign and they're like, okay, they're doing the sign. Okay. I can't remember the word, but then the sign just by doing the sign would help them connect to what the word is. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, smart. sign language is just a great way to just make connections because yeah. it's so it's visual. <laughs> right. That mm-hmm. is so fascinating. I love that so much. And so you wrote a book. Tell me about the book that you wrote. Yeah, so I wrote a book called Henry's Hiccups. It was after my son. Mm-hmm. He would get the hiccups a lot when he was a little baby. Um, so that, that's where the inspiration comes. But in the book, Henry's a little bit older, and he has these hiccups, and they won't go away. So every time he goes to answer a question that the teacher asks him in school, he hiccups, and he can't get the, mm-hmm. he can't get the answer out. But he has, also has this deaf friend, and he gets an idea. Well, instead of answering the questions, I can use sign language to answer the questions. Hmm. And he does, and um, his deaf friend walks by and is like, you know, he's right. He just used a different way to communicate, and then the book ends with the classes teaching each other sign language. So I just wanted to get the message out there that sign language is another way to communicate and that kids communicate in all ways. We can have verbal kids, nonverbal kids, 
kids that communicate with sign language, kids that communicate with a communication board. It's just opening up the conversation for um, that kids can communicate in all different ways. And one way is not right or one way is not better than the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that is so fantastic. Where can people find that book? Uh, it's on Amazon. Okay. Handy Hiccups available Yay. on Amazon. Yes. And also you can get to it through my website, which is laurenbarrettwrites.com. And I have a lot of activities to go with the book. I have a video of me signing the book and reading the book out loud, which you can get. Yeah, and the other cool thing is the book was illustrated by two of your former yeah. deaf students. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. So, yeah, I definitely wanted to showcase some of my students' talents. That um, is amazing. Mm-hmm. That is so great. That is just so cool. And and in the book, it also fe- features a biracial family. Why was that important to you? Yeah, so I, my son is biracial, my husband is black, and I'm white, and um, our son is biracial. And mm-hmm. I recently read a statistic that animals are 10 times more likely to be a main, the main character in a children's book um, mm-hmm. over children of color. So I think it's very important to see children of color represented in books and have themselves as a main character. And the other day, I actually read the book to my son's preschool, and you could just see how proud my son son was just to see himself represented. Um, Oftentimes, he's sometimes the only person of color in the room, and then just seeing himself in literature is really important for me. Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. that is so, so amazing. And I think you're so right. And as, as a white woman, it's just so crazy the things that never come across my radar because it's not my daily experience. And so to think that I wouldn't see myself in a protagonist in a, in a book or to think I wouldn't uh-huh. see myself on the screen or that I wouldn't envision that I could do something because I've never seen anybody else do it. It's just so crucial that we look outside of what our own experience is and see how is anybody else living? How is anybody else living differently? And where are they not seeing themselves played out in this mm-hmm. world? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was why it was so important for me to yeah, do this book and represent sign language in a book and represent a deaf character in a book. Yeah, love that. Oh, that is so, so good. And then you're also a cross-country coach. So you're kind of just like combining all of your loves, all of the things. Do you plan to write more books on this topic or what are your visions for the future? Um, Right now I'm actually working on a parenting guide. Mm. Um, So different strategies for parents and I'm, sign language is going to be in there and I have some videos of um, me signing and which signs to use. And I talk about how to use sign language to teach toddlers about their feelings. So that's in that guide now. So that's kind of my, I always have like a summer project I do every year. Like last year was the Henry Hiccups. This year is this parenting guide. And then I would love to do a book with my dad. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Tell me about your dad. He's just a, just a fun guy and he's good at illustrating. And I think together we can come up with some funny ideas, but also important ideas too. Yeah. That's amazing. So now Mm -hmm. that you have Henry in your life and you were a teacher prior and interacting with kids, how did having your own child influence the way now you approach teaching and nurturing your students? Yeah. So yeah, I would definitely say that having a kid, um, really helped, I'm really into positive parenting and that kind of shifted Mm. 
my the way I teach my kids or teach my students. I actually use a lot of strategies that I learned for parenting on my teenage students that work really well. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, I've sh- seen my teaching really grow from being a parent. Yeah. I was a teacher as well. And I had a much different perspective on homework before kids versus after kids or or like at home projects that required like mom and dad to be able to like go to the store and buy supplies or help them like whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, Oh no, no, that would never happen now. (laughs) If if it requires, if it requires glitter, yeah, because I just think like, I don't want to do this. That's right. If it requires glitter at home, I'm not going to ask parents to do that. Like, nope, that's a hard pass. That's an at-school activity for me. So, <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Well, I just think that is so wonderful. What would you tell a parent um, who recently got a diagnosis for their child that their child is is hard of hearing or deaf? Yeah, I would say that your child is just like every other child. They want to feel connection with you. They want to feel loved. Um, and that you're going to go through some hard times and hard struggles, but they're going to be okay. I've seen so many of my students come in at the beginning of high school and it's a struggle. And then they leave by the end of high school, they leave and it's just like, you could just see how they came into their own and I just say that, and the parents will come to me like, oh man, those early years were a struggle, but I'm so happy, you know, my child turned out the way he is. I encourage parents to do research, research um, sign language, research communication devices, research um, programs for deaf and hard of hearing. Yes, just do a lot of research. Um, um, research and get all that information to help you make good informed decisions. Yeah. Can you tell me about any extraordinary students that you've had that just really stand out in your mind? Yeah, I have two that really stand out that I I talked to you about briefly. Mm -hmm. And one was the one boy from Tanzania. And what, what I didn't say was that he was hearing until he was six years old. Um, something very traumatic happened to him that caused him to lose his hearing. Um, They found him days later um, after this traumatic incident and he had stopped. He couldn't hear anymore and he also stopped speaking. Um, Then he came to America and he got into our program and he started learning the language and we also learned how amazing he was at art mm. uh, just phenomenon and he was one of the ones that did the illustrations in my book oh really yes but he just he just has blown people away with his artwork and his um he can sculpt things he can <laughs> take wood and design a house with it and so you know, when you come here and you look at him on paper, you're going to think, oh, he's not very intelligent. But intelligence comes in a lot of different ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he is just, he's one of the most extra, extraordinary students I know. Yeah. And it's just, I'm just so proud of him that he has gotten a job. He's so happy. He's communicating so much better. Yeah. Wow. That is extraordinary. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to have the contrast of going from hearing to not that in mm-hmm. and of itself is very traumatic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because by the age of six, you've developed a lot of language. Right. Um, so he basically had to start from scratch. Wow. How cool. Good for him. Yeah. That's amazing. And the other one is the one that um, came to America when he was 16. He knew Spanish sign language and he knew Spanish, but he did not know any English and he didn't know any um, ASL. So he learned, graduated, he learned all that, graduated in four years and then went on to college. <laughs> man, <Yeah. laughs> man, that is so cool. And I bet you just get feel so lucky to have this front row seat to these extraordinary kids. They're working so hard. And while they are typical in many, many ways, it's mm-hmm. not to undermine the challenges that being, you know, deficient in hearing would, would, would make. And even when you have these other skills and everything, wow, mm-hmm. like the gumption and the determination they must have just makes them even <laughs> more, more amazing oh, yeah. and more capable yeah. to accomplish the hardest things. working kids I know. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Wow, mm-hmm. that is so amazing. Well, Lauren, this has been such a great conversation. Where can people find you online? And of course, let's remind people again, Henry's Hiccups. You need to oh, yeah. pick that up because what a fun read yes. that would be. Um, so you can find me at LaurenBarrettWrites.com. That's my website. And then that's also my Instagram handle and my Pinterest handle. And those are the places that I spend the most time are, are on Instagram and Pinterest and my website has a lot of sign language resources that um, people can check out. Great. Well, I always ask my guests one final question, and it's this, Lauren. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Wow. What would I tell my pre-motherhood self? Um, that there's going to be hard days, but I can, you know, I can definitely, I can definitely do it. <laughs> um, have a lot of patience with myself, have, give myself a lot of grace and I'm not, don't be afraid to fail. Like mm. kids can see their parents failing and just learning how to repair and fix those mistakes. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much, mm-hmm. Lauren. And thank we, you so much too. I, I here. just think the world of teachers and especially in this pandemic climate and everything with school being different, were you able to stay in person or was it, did it go remote for you as well? How did that look? I bet that was a mess. We went remote. Oh, holy moly. <laughs> that, it was a challenge. Yes. Deaf and hard of hearing kids. Yes. Yes. So we, we figured it out. We are better for it. And now we're back in person. That is, yeah. and I mean, all of us listening, you know, who, who have kids that are just driving us crazy, <laughs> like typically, you know, like imagine, imagine having your child's deaf and hard of hearing school say we're going on zoom. Like what the heck? (laughs) We feel so grateful to be back in person, but I bet you really, really do. Yeah. Cause they would just, that were funny. They would click away from the screen. Yeah. And they would lose me. And, and then I what? I can't speak to them because right. I don't <laughs> I'm right. just be waving at the screen. <laughs> and totally. And you can tell that they're doing something else on a different browser. Right. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and then you just don't have the same tactics to, to get their attention. And yeah, yeah. Ra- ra- clicking, clicking the button to raise your hand is not sufficient. Right. So, oh, oh man. man, man, what a battle. Well, 
thank you for all the good work that you're doing and the lives that you're changing. I just think that you're extraordinary and all the best to Henry. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to Lauren for coming on and sharing with us her expertise in ASL and her passion for educating the deaf and hard of hearing community. I learned a lot and I hope that you did too. And maybe this is something you want to work on with your kids this summer. Wouldn't that be a fun skill to come back to school with in the fall? So thanks, Lauren. I'll link to where you can find her on extraordinarymomspodcast.com in the show notes. And if you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at jessicadalquist3. So grateful that you're here. I'm going to take a few months off for the summer and I'll be back with brand new episodes starting in September. So I hope you are subscribed. So when those new episodes come out, you will be ready. I will launch some um, archived episodes that you may not have heard in the past and just want you to know about these extraordinary moms that have recorded over the past six years with me. And so I may air those in the coming months um, in the interim when I'm not releasing new episodes, but I just want to thank you so much for your support of the podcast and we will see you in September. Have a great day and we will see you in September with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.